to the Starting With One podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information on Canadian healthcare, financial and estate planning issues, and running a business. With each episode, Robin and Al will be exploring topics that matter to you. Starting With One is built off of our experience that we enhance the lives of many starting with one. Every great story that we get to share all started with one phone call, one conversation, or one meeting. These are the stories that make us very proud to do what we do, and it all starts with one. Welcome back to another special edition of the Starting With One podcast. I'm your host, as always, Robin Bailey. And of course, joining me via Zoom today is my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. How's it going, Al? I'm doing well, Robin. I'm glad to be here. Another day uh, in the home office. Yes. Well, we were chatting about the weather is getting much nicer and you were hoping to get out on your bike. And I think our guest today shares some of that passion for getting out on the bike. So returning to the show is employment lawyer, Rich Appia. And I think with today's episode, Rich, I believe you're, and I don't know if I'm phrasing this properly, but you're our most returning guest. So I don't think I need to do your bio anymore. And if you want to find out more about Rich, go check out his LinkedIn profile, Rich Appia or Appia Law in Toronto. And we'll also be sharing your contact information at the end of the show anyway. So welcome back, Rich. Thanks. Thanks for having me back, Robin and Al. It's always great to catch up with the both of you. Yeah. And you know what? It's timely that you're coming back because there's there's a lot of things to discuss, obviously. And your episodes always receive such great feedback. So I'm very grateful that you continue to be a friend of the show and, and a friend of our firm, obviously, and coming back. So let's jump into it, Rich. With the COVID-19 pandemic that you know we're all sitting here in, we've heard a lot of news regarding layoffs, you know, temporary layoffs. Can you tell us a little more about that and what's going on? Sure. So we all know that a number of businesses are facing some challenges with the COVID-19 pandemic. And one way that they're trying to address the pandemic and, and some of the challenges is by laying off their employees, at least temporarily. So maybe it'll be helpful for me to just explain the general concept of a temporary layoff. A temporary layoff occurs uh, when an employer cuts back or stops an employee's work without ending his or her employment. So with the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, many businesses have been forced to shut down or limit their services. And in order to preserve their cash flow, some have been laying off employees temporarily. This means they don't want to permanently part ways with their employees, but they essentially have to put a hold or a freeze on the employment relationship to preserve their cash flow. So, I mean, that's interesting, Rich. And and of course, I've been chatting with a lot of business owners since the beginning of this pandemic. And, you know, the first question is, is this legal? So under the Employment Standards Act or the ESA, it is legal. By the way, the ESA is legislation in Ontario that sets out the basic rights and obligations of employers and employees. Under the ESA, a temporary layoff can last for 13 weeks in any period of 20 consecutive weeks if an employer does not provide substantial payments to the employee or payments towards the employee's benefits plan or retirement or pension plan. On the other hand, a temporary layoff can lawfully, under the ESA, last for up to 35 weeks in any period of 52 consecutive weeks where an employer continues to provide substantial payments to the employee or payments towards the employee's insurance plan or a retirement or pension plan. 
And temporary layoff can also last up to 35 weeks for employees receiving supplementary unemployment benefits or if they're entitled to receive such benefits. Okay. And Rich, you probably saw some of my posts on LinkedIn early on when I was giving kudos to a lot of business owners who are continuing their employee benefits. Obviously, they were reaching out and saying, hey, we may be in this situation, but we definitely want to continue benefits. So in my mind, continuing benefits can be really important. Absolutely, Robin. And for the purpose of temporary layoff under the ESA, it is really important uh, because it can lengthen the period during which an employee can be placed on a temporary layoff under the legislation. So I guess that begs the question, it's going to be different for every company, of course, but what if the layoff continues beyond the period under the ESA? If an employee is laid off for a period longer than the thresholds that I've mentioned, then under the ESA, the employer will be deemed to have terminated the employee's employment relationship and the employee will be entitled to some sort of severance package. Hey, Rich, I'm going to jump in. I've got a question that I've been wondering about. I've heard a lot about constructive dismissals recently. Would a temporary layoff be considered a constructive dismissal? So this really gets to the heart of what I wanted to talk about today, because there's been a lot of news and discussion about constructive dismissals and temporary layoffs. And there have been some misconceptions communicated in the media or in blogs. So I wanted, I'm glad that you asked that question, Al. So under the ESA, a temporary layoff is not a constructive dismissal, but that doesn't end the story. Canadian common law, the common law being precedent set by our courts, says that unless there is an express term in an employment agreement that allows for temporary layoffs, or there's a past practice in an employer, so within a business, of temporary layoffs, a temporary layoff can constitute a constructive dismissal. So that makes sense. So then what exactly is a constructive dismissal? Just by way of background, Canadian courts recognize that an employer doesn't need to explicitly tell an employee they're being dismissed for a dismissal to have occurred. A constructive dismissal is a kind of implied dismissal that occurs when an employer makes a significant change to a fundamental term or condition of an employee's employment relationship without the employee's actual or implied consent. So I'll I'll give you an example. An, An employee may be constructively dismissed if his or her employer temporarily lays off the employee, makes changes to his or her terms or conditions of employment that result in a significant reduction in salary, for example, or makes other significant negative changes to things such as the employee's work location, hours of work, authority, or position. So then what would an employee's rights be in the situation of a constructive dismissal? Also a great question, Al. At common law, an employee's rights in a constructive dismissal are the same as in a regular dismissal. So it all comes down to what is or is not in any employment contract that an employee may have signed while working for his or her employer. An employment contract is important because it spells out the rules that an employer and employee must abide by. If the employment contract sets out a formula for severance that reflects the requirements of the ESA or does better than the ESA, then the employee's rights will be limited to what's in the contract. If there is no contract or the severance terms of the contract are not enforceable, then the employee will be entitled to compensation in lieu of what's called reasonable notice of termination at common law. So then how would that be calculated? 
That's also a great question. This is a, an issue that tends to stress um, a lot of businesses because the common law is such a, an elusive and form of law. It's hard to understand what the common law says unless you've spent a lot of time reading about the common law and understanding the common law rules and practices. So the common law reasonable notice period uh, is intended to approximate the amount of time it will take a dismissed employee to secure other employment. To calculate the length of the notice period, the common law looks at factors such as length of service, age, and complexity of an employee's role to see how long it would take an employee to find comparable employment. An employee at common law is generally entitled to receive all of the benefits such as salary, wages, bonus, commissions, health and dental benefits, short-term, long-term disability benefits, and other forms of compensation that the employee would have received had he or she continued to be employed for the reasonable notice period. I should point out that common law reasonable notice is almost always more valuable to employees than what's uh, provided for under the ESA. For an example, an employee of four years of service would be entitled to four weeks of termination pay under the ESA, but that same employee might be entitled to three to six months of compensation under the common law, depending on certain circumstances. So there is a, a big difference that uh, employers need to pay attention to. So, Rich, what would you say to an employee who's been laid off, who isn't working under an employment contract that allows for temporary layoffs, or whose business has no past practice of temporary layoffs? Should this employee claim that he or she has been constructively dismissed? I hate to say this, but the answer is it really depends. With the current landscape, an employee may not want to bring a constructive dismissal claim. When a person claims that they've been constructively dismissed, they may be entitled to some form of severance, but they are taking a position that their employment is at an end. Sure. A temporary layoff by its name anticipates the possibility of an employee returning to work. On the other hand, if laid off employees claim a constructive dismissal, I can almost guarantee that their employer will not recall them back to work. And so while they may be entitled to some form of severance package, they will find themselves permanently out of work in a difficult job market. So my message to employees is that it's really important for them, and I can't underscore this enough, it's really important for them to know not only their legal rights, but also to understand the practical consequences of how the law applies to them. Employees have rights, but it may not be practical to pursue those rights. So instead of claiming a constructive dismissal, it may be better for laid off employees to consider the subsidies offered by the government, including EI or the uh, CERB, to tide them over until their employers can recall them back to work. On the other hand, some employees may want to claim a constructive dismissal in the event of a temporary layoff if they weren't happy with their job to begin with, but they didn't want to quit without a severance package. I'm working with some employees who fall into that category. Uh, they may also want to move quickly if they think their employer's business is in jeopardy. Rich, every time you come on here, not only do I learn something, I realize it's such incredibly valuable information. And, and I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of this one in particular. Anything else you want to share? Absolutely. There's one other point that I want to talk about. It's a really important point for employers and employees affected by government mandated shutdown. So this is ruled by the government, either the local or provincial government that says certain businesses can't operate. Employees who have been laid off in these circumstances may not have been constructively dismissed. 
This is due to a concept in the common law known as frustration of contract. And I'll explain that just briefly. A frustration occurs when an unforeseen circumstance, such as a forced business closure due to a pandemic, makes it impossible for an employer to fulfill its employment obligations. And due to the legal doctrine of frustration, it may be difficult for employees to bring a claim of constructive dismissal. We'll have to see what the courts have to say about this. This is a novel issue in terms of this pandemic and the economic impact of the pandemic. And in terms of government mandated closures, the courts have yet to speak about this. So as I mentioned, we'll have to see how this plays out in the courts. Yeah. And and it's funny that you say that because it's like a lot of things right now. We're just going to have to wait and see and, and time will tell. So Rich, really helpful as usual. People want to get a hold of you. Obviously, uh, you can go through me to find Rich as well. But what's the best way to get in contact with you? Yeah, if anyone wants to chat about uh, this topic or other issues in employment law, they can reach me at uh, rich at appialaw.com. That's R-I-C-H at A-P-P-I-A-H-L-A-W.com. Or they can just give me a shout the old-fashioned way. Uh, My phone number is 416-900-3715. Yeah, and we'll give you a shout out as well, Rich, because you know we've known each other for some time now. You've worked with us. I know you've worked with a number of clients and the feedback has just been phenomenal. So really appreciate you being what I would call a partner and certainly a friend. Really appreciate that. Okay, folks, that does it for another. And I'm going to say, I hope it was a helpful episode for you. Always appreciate your feedback as it helps shape the direction of our show. Keep that coming please feel free to reach out to Al or myself if you have any questions or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. And remember, it all starts with one.